What are you waiting for? <laughs> That's ruined the episode already. What's this? What are you waiting for? Oh, God. What are you waiting for? It's a bit here. We're back. The four of us, by popular demand, oh, we're here. And wow. we're in a good mood. So I hope you are. Mariner here. How are you doing? This is, I think, the seventh show of the 21 22 uh, season. We're continuing with our journey into uh, the pre season. Someone's got the mic on too loud. I don't know who it is. Check the sound. It sounds maybe maybe the drug baron in the corner with heavy breathing. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure whether it's Ali G or a drug baron. No, Ali G is going to come through at 1500 subs. But thank you, everyone. All, all our haulers, we love you. Thank you for the thousand subs. Ali G soon come. <laughs> I like, I like, I like. That's for 2000 subs. We've got big targets, oh, lads. Man. This is the season. We're going to get that top 10K rank all together. Yeah. I like. And Hibbo's got a clock in, the, in his corner. To, he's now being shamed into putting a background in, apparently. That's already been said in the chat. He's got a quarter o'clock. Uh, ha- Pablo Escobar in the top right. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's two, two of you down. I'm next. This Mariner's got his uh, his sights on, on us today. I can't really quite think of what to do with you yet. I'm still working on it. I'm here. I've got boxes. I've got Gareth Bale on, on this shot. That no. shoulder. There he is. You know, shit shirt on, celebration, <laughs> five a, 6 a.m., love it. Anyway, so podcast listeners messaged me, Mariner, and they asked about Gabe last week. We mentioned what was behind him, and only the YouTube viewers understood the comment. So that's how you pin him today, because he's also trying to hide from the trolls by putting backgrounds on. And uh, Yeah, you know, I think you're too quiet now as well. You're now too quiet. You need to do a sound oh, Okay, I'll bring it a bit now. closer. Right, so right. can you tell right. us, Gabe, about the painting later, yeah? We will. Yes, yeah, of course. We'll, we'll get it's to, a masterpiece. We'll get to that one. Um, right, okay. Hibbo, how are you doing, man? Good, good. Job interview this week. It seemed to go well, but back to my full-time job, FPL, a thousand subs. We're very close to 3,000 downloads on the pod, which is amazing because we're only going four months in pod. So exciting times, but looking forward to tonight's show. And, and this is, and uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, this slide is is already out of date, but I've not even put them on the screen. So there we go. It's quite normal. Um, we've already written, I did my notes on Monday. I didn't think we'd hit a thousand subscribers, but we have. And guys, I mean, I think we're, I'm just, on behalf of us all, I think we're just completely shocked and made up at how, how things are going, right? It's, it's, it's just fabulous. And we, we, what we've decided to do, guys, is, uh, and I really do need to see these comments. We, we've decided to pick um, one particular champagne moment out of the first uh, shows. We've only been going since game week 19. But anyway, look, as far as I'm concerned, this was voted as the champagne moment. So thanks to Baker and his fabulous uh, editing, video editing basis. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready for this, boys? Definitely our most popular member of the Net That Hall crew, and you can definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. <laughs> definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. Hello, darkness, my old so, just while we're here as well, guys, so please do continue. 
Many more to come. Many more. Tumbleweed incoming. Nima making friends. I checked the time. It was one minute in uh, and five seconds. I didn't even give him a chance to warm up. So, Tom, buddy, if you're listening. And Tom's here. He's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're here. Glad. I was worried you'd miss it. Okay, good. You're here. Nice. And now we pop the champagne for the 1K subs for real. Actually, actually, I'll pop it soon. I still have some uh, cider left to go. I'm helpless. I'm helpless. I'm hilarious. Can you hold that glass up? Can you hold your glass up, Neymar? Which which one? That yeah. <laughs> which one? Guys, come on! Guys, the podcast right. listeners don't like this. They told me they skip forward about ten minutes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're meant to be only here for one hour forty-five today. We've already been on for five minutes. We're just talking crap. But anyway, we are celebrating uh, our one K subscribers. So as we've said, uh, we're a pod as well. That's growing lovely. So wherever you are, stuck in the pin uh, in the pandemic, stuck on the M25 on the on, on the M5, going on holiday, going to work. Make sure you pick us up wherever you can. And uh, yeah, I mean, facts about it. And also, let's go for another thing today because we're going to just we're going to raise another point. Follow us on Instagram because we don't seem to be getting quite so much love there. And poor Hippo is feeling a little bit stressed because he does all these wonderful graphics, yet nobody likes them. It's Zuckerberg's fault. Instagram shade. <laughs> as someone once told me, wait, as someone once told me, they just use Instagram for puppies and booties. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also TikTok. Now, now I don't know what TikTok is, but you guys probably do because you're all younger. But apparently TikTok's the new in thing, so that's where we're going soon. Net that hall is going to be on TikTok. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> and, and I think this is a general point, guys. You know, we, we're now starting to collaborate with a lot of people. People are cut messages as well. We'd like to get involved. Keep messages. We're always open to new ideas. You know, it's a, it's going to be a a community which we're growing, a community of haulers. And, of course, within that community of haulers, there's also the Mini League, FG1, XMB, um, and, yeah, prizes. Well, not like some, you know, we just give away knowledge rather than cash. Um, FPL Obsessed book, Matt, uh, and also a subscription to Fantasy Football Fix. We're hopeful to have some more things, but at the moment, Nima's too busy trying to... Uh, grow a moustache than sort prizes out i've sent a message for a new one so i'm hoping to be able to get us a football jersey as well so keep your eyes peeled as we enter this last week before the season we're going to put a tweet out from the new net that whole twitter account so thank you for the 300 followers mm-hmm. in the first day and keep it growing guys and we're going to put everything on there and share the mini league code again but there's yes. not too many entrants so you could win no and as for the 1000 subscribers we promised we're going to donate to charity by the Tuesday show, there will be a screenshot showing where we have sent it. Okay, so uh, thank you very much. $100 is going to charity as of this weekend. So we we stand by what we say. We are not here to make money for ourselves. We are here to make money for charity. Let's get into it. So we're now... It's five minutes, it says in my notes. <laughs> Oh, it's going to go. Oh, we're getting closer. 
Oh, we're all right. So we've done midfielders last week, uh, fixed difficulty, values, stats, and now we're going to turn to a smaller pool of players, really, in forwards, and we're again going to try and find you some value, uh, some on-field production picks, and also some fixture picks. Um, Gabe's going to carry on with his philosophy uh, little section, and also he's looking at four teams again. <laughs> Gabe, which ones are you looking at? Because I haven't put them in the notes. <laughs> Today we have uh, Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, West Ham, and Leicester. Good. So we're getting to teams that we're interested in, finally. <laughs> finally, finally, yes. Finally. That's, that's good. That's good. Um, and as we've said, you know, you can see some of, just some of the things we've covered on the screen here. You know, uh, team value, rotation, team structures, everything. Go back to the previous shows because what you'll get is these little bite-sized chunks of 15 or 20 minutes long, which are all super valid. So please go back. We will share all the links on our new Twitter account, which we're going to push a lot today. But anyway, we may as well start with uh, our resident philosopher. So we've got a philosopher. We've got someone who's been doing concentrated interviews for a full week, a drug baron. And uh, is it? No, I'm just being a bit unfair, really. No. You are in shit. Not mustache is awful, and then you've got a shit shirt. So I hope you've got a good team today. But Gabe, come on, then let's hear your uh, let's hear your uh, philosophy for the week. All right. So the the quote this week is: uh, "Trying is the first step to failure. Never try." And this was um, stated by the illustrious uh, Homer J. Simpson, um, who he. You know, Neil's, Neil's Apple's in the chat. He said, uh, put some plants in the graphics. Um, Homer had some plants, but, uh, the, but, uh, but, I think, uh, but I think they're gone now. And he's just chilling. And he came up with this nugget. Um, so as counterintuitive as, as this might sound, what this, the way this speaks to me is, um, is in, in FPL, I, I think my biggest demon is overmanagement. And I, I overthink everything and I try to do too many different things. And sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And if we're trying, that means that we're maybe pushing up against some resistance and we should pay attention to that resistance. And if we just kind of recognize kind of a more natural flow to things and stop trying so hard, then, um, then we can be more successful with our decisions in general. So um there was another actually there's another kind of pop culture character that said something to similar effect um he said uh try not do and that was that was yoda so homer j simpson and yoda they have a, they share a philosophy so are you so an fp are you a homer simpson fpl player well, some, uh, I think I'm, I'm quite close to it. I certainly look like him, and I drink as much beer. As... <laughs> the, I think I don't know this this picture of Homer. It's like a mix of you and Nima. If you and Nima were to like join in for one, <laughs> I think uh, you would come up with this. We've still got heavy breathing, guys. I'm not quite breathing. sure who it is. No, it's definitely me. I've heard that before on Warzone. <laughs> I've denied it for a few years, but. I blame it on the the late streams. You get you, you get the early shift, and we get the late shift. <laughs> Fabulous, right? Well, uh, as always, you know, just stunned silence <laughs> listening to Gabe and his philosophy. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, um, thank you. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how to respond. 
Right, anyway, we're not going to do much on fixture difficulty because we've done it in the last three weeks, but I'm, I'm not even going to go through this because you can just go back and look at it before. But we're going to look at fixture difficulty very quickly for forwards. We've already done it because we did it for midfielders last week, so we're just going to skip through it. But remember, green, dark green, good. Uh, dark red, bad. And please come to the YouTube channel for how we work our fixture difficulty out. Uh, and... My goodness me, some of these chats, it's ridiculous. Unless, but what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to look at something slightly different. And what, what I've not shown for a few weeks is I haven't shown the actual numbers which we start with for each team, home and away. So remember we said 0 to 7? So with 0 being the best and 7 being the worst. So what, what you'll see here is the numbers that actually make up the matchups, which will then come to, and the matchups will start to come out as of next week because obviously we're getting towards the end game now. So, yeah, so let's look at it. So the top six uh, attack uh, ranked by fixture difficulty at home currently is Manchester City at 1, Liverpool 1.2, Chelsea 1.8, Leicester 2.4, Manchester United 2.5, Leeds 2.7, the bottom reading up, Palace 4.5, Brentford 4.5, Norwich 4.4, Arsenal 3.9, Wolves 3.8, and Villa 3.6. And now attack away and note the numbers are higher that suggests they're not as good so that's this is this is where we're going to start to see some divergence i think with home and away and we are taking into home and away into consideration this year guys so let's start again so liverpool 1.5 that's down 0.3 city 2 which is down 1 chelsea 2.2 down 0.4 leicester 2.5 down 0.1 manchester united 2.8 down 0.3 and West Ham, three, and they replace Leeds, uh, and they're plus. So West Ham are better away than they are at home, apparently, according to my fixture difficulty. I think I've heard that before. Uh, and the bottom reading up, Watford, all the way down to the bottom, 4.7, uh, probably due to 19.20 uh, records probably minus 1.9 Norwich 4.3 plus 0.1 Wolves 4.3 down 0.5 Brighton 4.2 down 0.7 replacing Arsenal Palace 4.1 plus 0.4 they're slightly better away uh and Everton 4.1 falling from mid-table um so there's all sorts of chats going on I'm not quite sure what's going on but guys first things first any comments on on these fixture difficulties we know that before people start we know that Brentford, Norwich and Watford are all difficult to try and pin down how well they'll do. But any, anyone want to come in first? I would, I would say that uh, um, City might be difficult to pin down as well. I think United might be difficult to pin down because of um, the uncertainty with Sancho and, and Rashford not being there to start. Um, Cavani, is, I, I think Cavani's not going to start as well by the sounds of it. Is that is that right? Yeah. So the you know these are you know all of the new pieces at Villa. Um, you know that that's difficult to pin down when you have so many so many moving parts. Yeah. I I, I think there's a I, I think there's a lot we don't know. I think that's very fair. And I mean, look, Villa's a great example because, of course, there's so much happened at Villa. You know, we've got comings and goings at Villa, and it's really going to be very difficult to work out how they are. And of course. In 1920, where we do pull some of our data from, they were particularly bad. So maybe it might balance out, but we'll come on to that a little bit later. 
Um, let's quickly look at defence um, because I suppose it's relevant in that this, these will be who we'll be matching up against with respect to our forwards. Um, and with respect to home, best defend, defenders or defences, uh, City 1.9, Chelsea 2.1, Brighton 2.2, Spurs 2.9, Leeds 2.9 and Wolves 3.1. Interesting that Leeds are so high up at home. Um, and at the bottom, reading up, Brentford 5, Norwich 4.9, Burnley 4.1, Villa 3.9, probably affected by end of the last season data and 2019-20 data, and Newcastle 3.9. Um, and away, there seems to be less effect to me. Manchester United go up 2.3 to 2.3, up 1.1, City 2.4, down 0.5, Chelsea 2.5, down a little bit, 0.4. Arsenal, 2.9, up a little bit by 0.4. Leicester, 2.9, up a little bit. And Everton, down a little bit at 3.4. And at the bottom, reading up, Leeds, right at the bottom now, they crash from fifth at home to bottom away with respect to defensive fixture difficulty. Um, minus 2.1. That's a big, big swing. Um, Southampton, 4.9 away from home drop from mid table minus 1.1 newcastle drop further 4.6 down to 18th palace drop further a little bit from 7th uh, to 17th brentford 4.5 watford 4.4 um we don't know the effect of fans i was put right apparently there are going to be fans in the ground a few fans uh, away fans in the ground uh, i can't remember who put me right but um I wasn't got, certainly it wasn't for a while so maybe that's my problem with being stuck in this little singapore bubble i don't always get the news but even then i think home and away now is gonna be something we have to take into account um nima what home and away are you are you on with this now are you back yeah, to so, it yeah no i think so there's i'd say for me it's not necessarily the teams but more players like for me there's always been certain players who i feel thrive when there were no fans because they're the kind of players who, when the fans kind of see them miss a few big chances, they let it get to them and then they can't really deal with it and they perform worse. So I think now that we're going back to fans coming in again, players like, say, Sterling, I think he's someone who, like, maybe if there wasn't fans, he probably performs better. So there's certain players, I think, in that kind of range as well, where now that there are fans, it really drives them. And for me, Grealish is one of them. So that interests me. I saw the quotes from Pep today as well about, he can play basically anywhere, striker, cam, winger, CM. So I've got my eyes on him and Morris for that kind of game week two fixture. Obviously, they're here as well for the home and away. They're first and second for defence. Um, and I think they were pretty good in the attack. So I've got no City players now, but that's my takeaway is I need to start taking them a bit more seriously and watch the game tomorrow. The community shield, if it's going to tell us a lot. Yeah, that's going to be a big thing. Um, and the other thing, and, and now you're a bit quiet, by the way. <laughs> 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 today it's ridiculous um the gremlins are in the gremlins are in wherever it's, you are because i've still London. not popped the champagne for I'll the one sure but, i will soon i will see <laughs> but no the community shield's a big thing you're right but of course uh, greenish can also play pretty well on the bench yeah i think they're staying in the chat as well that like um we've had the quote now that foden's out for a while kdb's out maybe not as long but it's starting to look like, you know, Sterling came back late for England. So you've got to think your players are nailed for at least the first two. Yeah, and it's a funny one because injuries, you know, injuries are bad, but injuries actually polarise selections for FPL. I mean, 
poor Fafana this week. I mean, that's a shocking injury. I wish that him was all, horrendous. I wish it him all the very best. Water. It was yeah, like as bad as that, yeah. Really bad. But any any injuries and things like that, we will start to understand what's going on. And another team I think will understand what's going on a little bit more is Chelsea. Because they've got this Super Cup fixture, haven't they? On um is it Wednesday night? Yeah. Against Villarreal. So we should know uh, a little bit more about Chelsea as well before then. So anyway, here's the Lukaku Mariner. So that oh. could change things big time. Well, well I've already said I'm gonna throw my draft goes into the bin. I think that's all of our drafts for the next go week. straight into the bin. I'm not yeah. drafting till like Wednesday again. Good idea. <laughs> Just keep growing that dodgy tash. You wait till you see what I have on Tuesday. It won't be this. It's another oh, one. God. <laughs> right. So anyway, so there's the short list. Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Leicester. This hasn't changed from last week. Um, our punts should, so to speak, West Ham. Uh, I did have Newcastle there, but we've now lost Callum Wilson. He's now injured and St. Maximan is ill as well. So does that, this is how fast things change, right? So um, does that put them in the bin? And of course, Villa have got Danny Ings now. So, but lost Grealish all in a course of a week. Fast changing, right? <laughs> so that's the picture difficulty. Nice and short, nice and sweet. We can keep going if that's all right unless anybody's got any more comments on fixture difficulty or if you've spotted any uh debate coming out of the chat it's uh time to move on yeah happy to move on. let's move on so anyway we'll very quickly cover the uh the tie-in we've got with fix and uh yes if you would like to uh subscribe to fantasy football fix through the link then uh, you'll be joining uh, not many people because I don't think we've had any yet. <laughs> one trial, one, yeah. Just someone on a trial. That can still... <laughs> but but seriously, it is there is some good stuff in there, particularly yeah, uh, the pre. I love the pre-season stuff, and Nima uses the uh, and Nima does use it for the transfer trends as well, which we will be we will be featuring on the on the show. But yeah, show us some love, people. We're only going to put it back into the cost of a microphone for Nima. <laughs> I definitely need one. You all have a mic now, and I'm still using a gaming headset. <laughs> Normally, your sound's a lot better. I, I think I'm probably more sober. Who knows? Well, there is that. That's entirely possible. It's, I think so, it's human error here. Like, I'm moving the mic around a lot in between drinking. Well, there is that as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, it's time to get into the main event, which is the forward so we're going to start at the, at the bottom end and we're going to start with the value as always um and i'm going to start with a, a general comment and it's a good comment because the value slides in the last week or two have created a great deal of debate certainly in within our own comments and things like that some positive some negative but we want to respond on them because we like debate here and nobody's wrong but we have our own views and we're going to give them so i'm going to come to i'm going to touch on the value itself and of course it's value it, the value is calculated all down to basically in a sense how much time they spend on the pitch and remember stats are stats guys you've got to look through the stats to find the the, the reality you know um engage the gray matter consider other factors like injuries rotation risks all these stats now could be all the 
all to cock from what's happened in the last week. Um, I use value as to look at it as to what it might have been, where we might have been had a player stayed on the pitch longer or been on the pitch longer, whether it be the fact he's not been injured or whether the fact, you know, he's got a, he's got a place in the team and he's, still, he's managed to hold on to it. So, yeah, look at the projections for me. That's where I would come. Um, you know, it worked for Suchek last year. We pinned we pinged Suchek last year, um, a number of us, and it worked. Could it work for someone like Smith Rowe this year? It, he is that type of player who could explode onto the, uh, you know, onto our FPL team sheets, quite frankly, in my view, when we look at value. Um, Hibbo, there was also a question about points per 90 rather than points per appearance. Do you, can I bring you in on that point, please? Yeah, no problem. So there was, there was a question that came through on the YouTube comments. So in relation to... I suppose how we frame the stats so you're talking about say points per 90 or points per appearance and it was a question from a fella called Bryce Sutcliffe and I thought it was a good question so he was questioning the use of per 90 stats as opposed to looking per appearance he felt per appearance was preferable and he, he was talking specifically about two players he was talking about say Joe Jada and Foden so there was a fair bit of difference obviously between their their per appearance stats and their per 90 stats so I responded on YouTube and basically, my response was like, obviously, for me, anyway, per 90 stats, it's a fairly standard metric. But you have to look at it with the minutes in mind, okay? So, like, when we did the episode in Defenders, when we looked, say, per 90, who came out on top? Alonso. But, like, we knew yourself that Alonso was obviously going to be, like, a rotation threat. It wasn't really a good option. But whenever he plays his minutes, he obviously does well in terms of AXG and he does well in terms of AXA. What I would say about Bryce Sutcliffe's point, he's, he's being preferable to say per appearance, but what I would say is when you look at per appearance data, it includes cameos for subs. So Jada and Greenwood, when they're on the bench, they're coming on a lot of time and they're maybe not doing anything in the, say, 20, 30 minutes that they're on the pitch. But per 90, I think, gives a different dynamic because you're looking at the potential of what the player can actually do in the time that they're on the pitch. And I think we're looking at that in relation to Maybe issues around teams. So, like, we're looking at the minute and say, like, Rashford's he's potentially going to get this surgery on his shoulder. So, Greenwood's going to play more, you would imagine, during that period of time. You're talking about Firmino. He's had back-to-back -back tournaments for Brazil. So, that's going to push Jota under the four. So, I think if you're always looking at stats in terms of per appearance... Are we going to maybe shade these guys and, and, and not pick up on the fact that they're good per 90 and then lose out in the opportunity to bring them in when the chances come for them to play in the first team? So I think you have to look at it with a bit of balance. I do like per 90, but obviously always with a context of are they going to get the minutes? Like we're, we're, not, we're not trying to spin a narrative to say, oh, look, Jada's got great per 90 minute stats and he's nailed. We know he's not nailed. But we're looking at, at the context of, look, he's maybe going to come under that team in the near future. And if he does, he's going to be a good pick. Same for Greenwood. I, I think you've explained it far better than I could. Um, I, I use it from a perspective of it gives a consistent measure as well. I, I think that's the way I'd like to look at it with respect to you. Know, you're at least taking it to one level, whereas obviously appearances vary so much. So, but yeah, I think you've, I think you've, I think you hit the nail on the head very well there. I think that's lovely. Um, yeah, any, uh, any other it, comments, Gabe? Yes, please. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, 
while, while it does give it a, a common denominator, right? Um, the, the one thing is like um, playing one full match, 90 minutes, is not the same as playing 10, you know, uh, nine minutes and 10 matches. And, and so I, I think maybe like, um, I think per start is an interesting one if you can get that stat. Um, because we want to know, like, we know what the rule. Assuming we know what the rotation risk is, we don't want. We want to know what this player is going to do when they start. If they don't start, then whatever you, you throw in the towel, and anything they get is, is just a bonus. Yeah. But when they start, that's what you really want to know, though. And I think um, Fantasy Football Hub um, has that 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 option. Yeah, I think the idea is when you look at value, if you then factor in the rotation, that should correct it somewhat, in my view. That's why if you look at these, the graph, the graphic which you're looking at now, we put points per 90 on, but we also put the rotation on and we put the value. So you can look and see which bit is the most important to you from, from my perspective. Um, so, right, okay. So I think that covers that bit. Now let's go into this slide because it's been on the screen for a while for people to digest. So we're looking at forwards between 4.5 and 8 million. So by price and considering uh, points per 90 as well, okay, and we're looking at the full season here. So 4, 4 5, and 5.5 for existing players in the Premier League. So in other words, people who played last year is a wasteland. Not a lot to say. Uh, at six, we had Welbeck. He's now injured. 14.8 uh, ppm, nothing much to write home about with a rotation of 21% and 5.2 points per 90. Benteke at 6.5, 16.3 ppm, but only played around 1,800 minutes. 5.2 points per 90, rotation 27%. Upside, possibly. Ask Surya. Surya was on Benteke at the end of last season and did very nicely, thank you. Um, now, other things at 6.5, Morpé, 16.2, no thank you. Rodrigo, 13.7, um, interesting maybe, but not Patrick Bamford. And so Morpé is more nailed than others, but doesn't appeal to me one bit. That's me. I mean, look, I'm, I'm happy to listen to the argument about that. I'm seeing but, a lot of talk about him, so we'll come to that once we finish the slide. But people are talking about him because of the injury to Welbeck. Um, it's been confirmed to be for longer than expected as well. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't realise Welbeck was holding so many people back from Mumbai. I know. It's, 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 but it's what, like what they all came out. Like, wow, really? Like, I'd say Trostard is who I'd be looking at. But obviously, it's a forwards episode. Like, if I was going to get a forward in light of Welbeck's news, it would be Trossard. Ah just in case he plays further forward. Look, let's face it, Brighton need to sign a forward. If they sign a forward, then they come into our thoughts. Mm. Until they do that, for me, they don't. Um, right, look, Tony's not on there, but I'm going to bring Tony up because he sits in this section. Okay? Championship, 31 goals, 10 assists, 9 penalties. Now, FPL Serpent, who helped us out... Um, with one of our teams, he dropped a really nice thread on Twitter yesterday. And what he did is he, he did some uh, project. He looked back on all the players, you know, as to how goalkeepers, whether they got more clean sheets or less clean sheets, more saves, less saves. Um, and he also covered the forwards. And interestingly enough, he came up with the fact that the forwards production dropped by between 50 and 66%. 
from championship data now i wrote my notes on tuesday and i've got exactly the same numbers down because i looked at 538.com and used their uh calculations based on the team rankings which i recommend you have a look at actually it's pretty it's pretty interesting um but look let's look at this so if if tony dropped by 66 percent in get 11 goals three assists assuming they don't win as many penalties which i don't think i don't think they will and i think himo you've got a thing on penalty you've got a view on penalties as well i think somewhere around yeah. that um i'll come to you in a second but look if if that was the case at 66 percent, tony could get 135 points roughly with a smattering of bonus points 21 ppm sits quite nicely actually doesn't he sits quite nicely there and if he drops by 50 percent 161 points 24.7 now we know that he's probably not he does rely on penalties quite a bit i don't think he's going to get that anywhere near that but i'm very interested to know what people's views are on on this in general because i think we would be remiss to not look at not consider tony in the context of this slide what well, i'd like to just offer about our opinion on this so in terms of tony what I like about Tony compared to some of the options on the range is that he has nailed he has own penalties for a start. Now, there is going to be an element of championship tax or depreciation on his numbers. He had nine penalties last year. He scored them all. Firstly, are Brighton going to be in, enough, in the box enough to win penalties? Debatable. What I will say is last season, there was 125 penalties in the Premier League. The season before, there was 92 the season before that, there was 103. Now, there's a director from Mike Riley, so he's the chief of the, the Premier League refereeing panel, where they, where they want to clamp down on the award of soft penalties. And what we normally see when these directives come out is they're usually enforced more at the start of the season. Now, before it normalises out a bit, now I had a bit of a look at penalties in general. So in terms of promoted sides, last year, the three promoted sides won 14, so an average of 4.66. The season before, the three of them won just six between the three, so an average of two. And then the season before, they won 11 between the three of them, so an average of 3.66. So like if we're looking at, say, 29 penalties, I don't think it's going to happen. I think maybe somewhere around the three mark might be about right. Four at best. Yeah, I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty fair. I, I, mean, I do think, and it's interesting that two separate analyses has come up with a similar sort of depreciation for championship to to premier league i i really think that's to me i think it's cemented a lot of thoughts it's all also probably means i am going to go with him because i think now we can if there's more than one metric sort of like lining up it's that i feel a little bit more confident that he's going to be that we know where he's going to land i'm just looking in the comments you know there's if there's people talking about you know 140 to 160 points um yeah um, can i can i just add that only like 21 players last season got over 150 points and there was only five forwards and they were like kane bamford vardy watkins calvert lewin um I, like tony's good price i think the fact that he starts one million more than bamford did last season and he's obviously not playing for bielsa like that's enough for me to think he's not going to get more than the kind of 140 i'd say that's probably the ceiling for him yeah okay all right let's see anyway um so right let's go to seven million and we go to chris wood um but he's been at the olympics 
Uh, but Chris Wood was my season wrecker last year. I don't mind admitting it. He ruined my he ruined my rank because I didn't get on him. I missed him by point one. I end up with bloody Vidra of all players. <laughs> but if, if Barcelona continue to play as as they did, and I'm not sure they will at the start of the season, um, then uh, I expect I'm going to own him sooner rather than later. Um, but look, Burnley are 14th out of 20 in matchups with respect to the top first five fixtures, so they're not too great. Um, Adams, I started with Adams last year, 19.6 ppm, 4.6 points per 90. No Ings, so he's the focal point, but Southampton fixture difficulties poor, 15th out of 20 in matchups one to five. I'm not keen on either. I mean, jump in, guys, if you want, because I'm, otherwise I'm going to go to the 7.5 area and I'm going to term it the place of broken legs and broken glass. The greenhouse, the greenhouse level of forwards. This is where the injury boys sit. Um, <laughs> this is where the, the glass-limbed guys sit. And also now a real question sits in that Watkins, who sits quite proudly with respect to value at 22, 4.5 per 90. He's lost his carpenter tag as far as I'm concerned. He still loves woodwork, but he's lost that. But and he's, but has he now become a rotation risk? I, I'm not sure. There's a lot of debate about where he might play. Now Ings um, has, has joined. Um, I, I don't think he's lost his rotation risk personally, but I'll, I'll let you guys come in. What's your views on how is Ings going to affect Watkins I think just off the top of my head I think Ings is used to playing on a two and when you look at how nailed Watkins was last year I think he made 37 appearances his minutes were unbelievable he was more or less than ever present I think there's a chance that he could move to the wing I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter where people were saying oh he's going to move to the left side and there's a fella he writes for FPL Connect Matt Halliday He's a Brentford fan, and Matt Halliday's fairly steadfast in his view that he played on the right side for Brentford. So I, I don't know if Twitter's maybe just picked up on this and decided they run with it or not. But he could play in the wing, which would dent his appeal to a certain extent. He could maybe play in a two. I don't think we really know at the minute, to be honest. There's, there's, I'm getting a lot of kind of Chelsea vibes with Villa at the minute, the Chelsea of last year, where they send so many players at the one time, and we don't really know where everybody sits in the picture of how they're going to play. And we probably aren't going to know until we see the next preseason friendly. And even at that stage, well, we know, but the fixtures are good to start. It's hard to oppose, and his ownership's quite low in terms of, well, Ings is a differential to Watkins, but I don't know. I'm, I've kind of cooled him Watkins a bit, if I'm honest. I, I downgraded yeah. Watkins to Tony once the news came out, um, and I used that money to get like Lucas Dean in defence to play around a bit, maybe turn Rafinha into a seven point five, so like a Greenwood or a Jota, because my other option was kind of Calvert Lewin. I was gonna potentially downgrade, but I've still got Calvert Lewin, so maybe one option I'm thinking about is Ings. So I think I'd go for Ings over Watkins personally if I had any guarantee he's starting game week one. But yeah, Watkins is thirty six percent owned already in the kind of the pre-game week one template, I guess. And I think for the first three weeks, that there's no harm in owning him. He's pretty nailed. He's had a preseason. Um, you could just go with him and jump off in game week four if you didn't see that he fitted well with things. 
Yeah, I think we will be jumping off a, lot, a number of Villa assets by game week four anyway. I think that's a, a plan which a lot of us have uh, have got in the back of our minds anyway. Oh, although I, I will say that at, at that price point, um, I, you know, with this news, why would you start with him? Right, you know, it's he's seven point five. There are several other options. Um, with the, there, are, they all come with some risk, as as you were mentioning, Mariner, and and then on the 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 two up front, I I don't see how they can make a two up front possible, um, because they they've invested in Bailey and they've invested in in Wendia, and that would put Bailey further back. When Bailey is is he doesn't pass very well. Um, he likes to drive to goal and he likes to take shots. So if you put him in midfield, he's a little bit out of position. And then you put Buendia, he, there won't be a 10 to play in, in that system. So what would he be on the other wing? And then one of them would be on a wing that's not natural to them. So I, I, I don't see the fit with, uh, with two up front unless they, they go to three at the back. And then you're changing the whole team just to fit in one player. And I don't think they'll um, – I, I, don't, I don't see how the, they would get that done in such a short amount of time. So I, I think just the, the simplest – way forward is to throw Watkins on the wing. Um, but I, I, I think that definitely diminishes his value, no matter how you slice it. But I think that I think that presents an opportunity for us as managers. They look at this, and we have this information now, and you look at how heavily owned Watkins is in terms of the template, and you think, if he is 36% owned, and this is going to identify his appeal, maybe in terms of game, te- game time, but maybe in terms of his actual production and output, well, maybe that's something we should all be backing against. Personal opinion, I'm kind of, I'm leaning that way myself. That's I, right. I, you know, and you're, you're known to break that temp. That's the that's what you're going to do for us all season. Is you're going to try and break that template. It's the same as what you write for in hope. So uh, I accept no imitations on on that one for for sure. Accept no imitations. <laughs> no, but I tell you, I tell you, I tell you what I, I tell, no, I tell you what I want to do, right? See in terms of my game week one team, I want to minimise risk as much as I possibly can. And see in terms of Watkins, I saw him very much as my avenue on the minimising risks under my forwards because it was so much guaranteed game time. And now I'm just not sure. I don't know where he's going to play. I don't know if he's maybe going to get rotated. I don't think he's going to get rotated. I think he's potentially going to play in the wing, but it does diminish him to a certain extent. And the, the other thing to mention is just Leon Bailey. If um, you know him not being a good... It, good passer of the ball. If he puts Leon Bailey on the left-hand side, which some people have suggested because I think he's maybe played there for Jamaica, um, it, you you lose what, what's best with him a little bit. He's best cutting inside on, on his stronger left left foot, so he is much better on that right-hand side. So it just, it just makes too much sense in the short term, at, at least, to put Watkins on the left. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's a good... It's very, very interesting debate. I like this one. It's, it's one that I think we can... Uh, we can pin, I think, and uh, and certainly uh, refer back to. Um, I'll just go very quickly back to the graph again um, and on the table. And we see Callum Wilson. Well, we know he's now injured, um, but he would normally start fast, but not with one leg. Um, so Rich Allison's still at the Olympics. Forget him for the short term, I would say. Um, and... <laughs> Hands of Guinness being opened in Derry Palace. <laughs> Celebrations going on. And Antonio, you know, I mean, 15.7 ppm value-wise, but he's explosive when fit. But that's the risk. And I think this is where we we, we come to, to some of the challenges, really. We are going to look at um, just one comparison. 
in a minute. But you know, Bamford and DCL, eight million, top of the pile, value wise. Bamford, twenty four point three, not great fixtures to start with, but five point seven points per ninety. I think still look great. <laughs> I was a bit concerned about his value when I start, when I first thought eight million, but the more I look at it, the more I still like it, uh, actually. And DCL twenty point six ppm, five point two per ninety. I, I'm concerned. I was a DCL owner last season. At the start of the season, I brought him in. I brought him in for the first game week, and I benefited a hell of a lot from it. Hell of a lot. I'm really concerned that we are going back to an Everton of old. We seem to be losing that creative spark out of midfield for a number of reasons. Um, and for me, I, I'm cooling on Calvert-Lewin. And of course, Ings, who is quite well, a bit further down, but now at Aston Villa, um, we've already covered, I think. Um, but we can we can comment. So let's just quickly just talk around the 8 million uh, point, guys. Um, Nima, do you want to start? Yeah, so I guess for me, the main thing is I'm currently still on Calvert-Lewin. I've been on him for kind of weeks. Um, I did mention I may go to an Ings or a Bamford. I think Bamford, I'd rather wait till kind of closer to when their fixtures turn. So that really just leaves Ings and Calvert-Lewin in my mind. Um, there's some talk about how he's coming back late and stuff from uh, the Euros. But for me, that's actually a good thing in his case because he barely played. So the fact that he was able to stay match fit over the summer and train with that team you know, a team that got all the way to the final, I think that's a good thing. And it means he won't need long to get up and running and we'll probably see him get started pretty quickly. Um, I, I don't see any problems with that. But what I would say is my nervousness about Calvert-Lewin kind of comes from the fact that we saw last season, there was parts of the season where the creative players were out of that team. They weren't really there to support him and produce. So when Dean was out, when Rodriguez was out and stuff, he kind of just completely disappeared. He had his really dry patch, didn't he? I think it was around game week 12 or 13 for like nearly 10, 15 weeks. He only got a few goals. And my worry is, is that what's going to happen with kind of Rodriguez wanting out of the club? The allegations I mentioned last week that have been made about another player and there's only really Dean left. Um, so I don't know. Like I've got DCL, but he's not nailed in my team at 8 mil. It feels quite expensive, if I'm honest with you. Um, Bamford, I've seen a couple of teams start with him to start with. And I don't hate it. Like, He's a pretty great player, and I'd like to double up on the Leeds attack, I think, when that fixture turn comes. So whether it's kind of Bamford and Rafinha, Rafinha and Harrison, I don't know yet, but he's definitely in my thinking, Bamford, just not now. Um, and then finally, Ings. I think I'll move DCL to Ings if I know that he's definitely starting. Um, if he's not guaranteed to start game week one, if it's like a touch and go, I'll just get Buendia instead for the first three weeks. Um, and I think I've committed to getting rid of Watkins. Yeah, I, I, Ings for me is because it's that 0.5 more expensive, it allows me to potentially to drop, if I want to, to drop down to a 7.5 forward as well. So it, it almost like builds me a bit of space as to what to, to drop down to a player rather than have to try and find money to go up to one as well. So I, I'm a bit with you. I think Watkins is going to become Ings in my draft, actually. Um, mm. If I get a sniff, he's going to start. Um, so what do you think about um so just in the chat they're also saying that some people fpl dallas he's uh, nervous about the forward options he's got a three five two i think after tomorrow's community shield we'll see a lot of three five twos with mares greenwood or jota salah and bruno 
and then a Rafinha Buendia, and everyone will have Obafemi is my prediction. That's the next template tomorrow. But, <laughs> yeah, these templates are yeah. so predictable, right? But um, so, so aside from that predictable template change tomorrow, I'd just like to say that for me, I think the value is in the forwards between kind of 7.5 to 8 mil. And there's so many of them. I know a lot of them totally are not agree. Always fit. So yeah. yeah, I'd rather be able to move to Jimenez, Bamford, TCL, Watkins, Ings, Antonio, Wood, any of these people like Tony, like... I don't want to be in a situation where I'm stuck and I can't get to them when their fixtures turn. So I'm going to go That's that eight down to a to a Jimenez, for example, might be quite a nice, might might be quite a nice little move. Um, I'd like to just touch. Sorry, I'd like to just touch on the DCL point. Like, and we look at his, we look at Everton's first ten game weeks, and it's a very nice block where they don't have very many difficult fixtures. They're massive with Charleston. He's played the back-to-back Brazilian competition or the, the competitions for Brazil. I think they lose a lot when Richarlison's out because I, I do think he's their best player. James is looking out as, as Nima has says. And see when these guys were out last year, they were totally they weren't fluent in attack at all. And I would be I, I would be kind of aware of the fact that I think Benitez is going to come in and play a certain kind of snooze football like we've touched on before. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not exactly dying on DCL, although I will say He's regular and he starts. He's regular in his minutes. He does give you that price point where you can drop down, but I'm not dying about it personally myself. I, I was going to actually throw the same kind of shade, but on on Villa, so it's a, it's a good pairing here. Um, and and it's you know you, you have three out of the front four uh, are new to the team. One the one that is you know the regular in the team, the, the veteran of the team is will be likely playing in out of position. Um, so you have basically four kind of new f- front four, and to expect them to, you know, be efficient or work well from the beginning, I think is, is expecting a lot. And then it could hit and it could pay off uh, because they certainly have the talent to do that. Um, and, and I think they have the manager and all of that, but it, I, I think it might take time. And there's a little comment from Anthony there. Villa friendly against Seville uh, tomorrow cancelled. We can't. <laughs> We can't see how Villa could set up. So this is this is like classic FPL stuff, right? This is like playing a hand on poker in the dark. So like you've just been handed two cards and you have you have to just bet without knowing what your two cards are. Hence <laughs> why I don't want to change my draft till Wednesday or Thursday. I would probably do better at that kind of poker, I gotta be honest. You'd be better off with ECL on that shit, yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, right, anyway, let's keep going. Let's now look at the last six games and we'll cover this much, much quicker because what we're doing here is we're just looking at who could explode if indeed they carry on like they did in the last six game weeks, as we explained earlier. Um, uh, Davis makes an appearance. We can forget him unless he goes somewhere, perhaps. Vidra, <laughs> 5 to 5.5. Uh, nah, there's nothing there. Barnes is back as well, isn't he? I think well, that's going to make any difference. Welbeck's injured. Benteke, this is the one I'm interested in. Uh, he's third overall there. 22.3 ppm, right up there if he gets a run. 4.6 points per 90. Surya did really well out of him, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, if Palace, I know, uh, Hibbo, you've, you've already gone on record saying you will never own a Palace player, probably this season. I could change my mind. <laughs> because, no, here, no, here's the thing about me, right? I make these outlandish statements, but I backtrack fairly quick. <laughs> no, 
no, no, no, no, FPL, you think you've made a mistake. Don't be afraid of falling your sword. No, that's, no. that's a lesson. To, to me, Benteke could be an out route from Tony. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll is, see. I, I, I think I heard they're all. Benteke's not even practicing yet, is he? But fixed but, difficulties are awful. So don't, it's not for now. It's not a conversation for now, but it's worth mentioning. Chris Wood, the destroyer of ranks, 33.2. If he carried on like that, this is what you're going to have a laugh with this, aren't you, boys? If he carried on like that, he would have got 241 points. <laughs> <laughs> There's more chance of Lord Luke and riding past on Shergar. Right. <laughs> That's how they look extrapolation shit again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I love it. Um, <laughs> and Iniacho as well, with Harvey Barnes now being back, is another curveball, especially for Gabe because he hates him. Um, and he's got I, an insane bias. And look, look, I love you, Iniacho. <laughs> you hate him. <laughs> yeah, I love Iniacho. Yeah, but you hate Harvey Barnes. Oh, yeah, he should, he should be on the bench. <laughs> but Iniacho, 26.4 ppm, run rate of 215 points. Now, you know, um, 5.7 points per million. But Iniacho was in hell of a... I mean, to be fair, I know we were laughing about Chris Wood, but Chris Wood was in amazing form at the end of last season. Um, yeah, I, th I think if he gets good fixtures at some point, he's definitely an option. I agree with you. I agree. I agree. Chris Wood's been fantastic for years, guys. He's like one of the few forwards to get over 10 goals a season. Like predictable. You know how many points you're going to get. It ticks along. Decent price point. As you say, 7 mil at the start of the season. Is, there's nothing there now. But I think later on, it could be quite nice, as Hibbo says, and good fixture I, run. I, I, don't, I, I disagree. I, 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 don't, I, I can't think of anything worse than, than owning Chris Wood and him Barcelona. Just owning Chris Wood, him on your team with two points. I, I cannot think of anything more depressing in FPL right now than that. What do you say to those who captained him for his like hat trick or four goals last season? I I mean I, I find some joy in your life. <laughs> well, I think they did. Because yeah, they had, they had a lot they of joy. They did find some joy. <laughs> I, I, I could not I could not do that. There's no way. I've had many of those captaincy like, part worse than it just that. Seems, it seems so depressing, really. You're, you're, you're putting the captaincy on Chris Wood. And even if it works out, I would be, I would still be depressed. And not, not for me. Not for me. You don't like the Aussies. They're on the other side of the world from you. I, I, I love the Kiwis. Well, anyway, okay, when, anyway, when Hall of Fame number two. Uh, well, there you go. I'm sorry, Gabe. You you're... You're being blown out the water by Tom. There we go. And let's not forget friend of the show, uh, Big Man Bacar, last season had a lot of wood. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he did, all, yeah. He all did. day long. That wood they had a good there. laugh about that, didn't they, on the wire? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's fueling my aversion to wood. Maybe that's where it comes from. <laughs> it gives you an idea of Bakar every time you hear his name. That's right. oh, they, were saying, they were saying that was the first time he, he, Bakar had wood. 
No, no, I'm uh, not. No, but the, the first time we'll have it will be when we uh, invite him on to one of the Compass shows. So watch this space, guys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. A friend, another friend of the pod. Um, just finish off then. So it, um, I think Iniacho is a great option, but I am more, I'm actually drawn towards Harvey Barnes at seven million at this moment in time. Particularly the goal he scored the other day. Really, it was an absolute cracker. Um, and we'll just finish with Bamford. His consistent look. He's still there or thereabouts. 18.1. He wasn't necessarily in flying form at the end of last season, but he was still up and about there. So I think value-wise, I think I quite like Bamford, even at eight. And it shocks me because I genuinely thought I would be thinking that he's just too expensive. And this has changed my mind. Um, right, I'm going to bring the power tables on now. And this is where I'm going to throw it over to you, Hibbo, to go through the, uh, the uh, tissue, isn't it, Hibbo? Yeah, <laughs> um, To go through the um some of the on-field stats for it if you wouldn't mind i know we've covered a lot of discussion around the players already but i think if you want to just put some statistical sort of uh twist on it yeah no problem so i'll just kind of skip through basically the main players in the table so like we have kalechi Aniacho, he's obviously the standout at the top of this table for forwards priced four and a half by eight million and in terms of his production per 90 he's got an xg of 0.61 and XA of 0.31 and his combination XGNA is 0.92 which it has to better Harry Kane. What I will say about on the actual minutes are very important but a context here so if we look at on the actual it was very much a tale of two halves of the season so in the first half of the season he made 10 appearances and eight of them were as a sub but from game week 20 to game week 38 he made 15 appearances and only one as a sub so Late in the season, he obviously nailed down a spot, as we know. There are a few more moving parts with Leicester. Harvey Barnes is back. It looks like Madison's going to go to Arsenal for whatever sons he's committed in the past. Daka has arrived from Salzburg. So as good as Aniacho's numbers have been, I think if you're going to be a kind of player that's talking about minimising the risks early doors, are we 100% sure he's going to start? I personally do think he's going to start, but there is a bit of a fear factor around him. Bamford, I'm going to touch on next. So, like, very secure in terms of both starts and minutes. We know he's durable. We know he's in pains. In terms of his production per 90, we're talking about an XG of 0.56, an XA of 0.18, and his combination XGNA was 0.74, which ranks fourth amongst all forwards, regardless of price. Now, in terms of early fixtures for Bamford, we're talking about United away, Everton at home, Burnley away, Liverpool at home. Not the easiest fixtures, but they turn around game week five. So I think at that stage, it'll appeal on a lot of levels. They go for maybe like a Leeds double up, which includes Bamford. Um, Wilson, it looks like he's going to miss game week one. And like when we look at last season, he started 26 games. And that's a highlight of Wilson, really. He's got issues with durability. And we see that now at the minute that he's injured. In terms of AXG, 0.48. In terms of AXA, 0.16. Combination XGNA 0.64, good numbers. But I'm looking now at Willock in terms of Newcastle, and I'm thinking six million is he going to provide better value? He nearly provided a bit of talisman factor towards the tail end of the season. Mikel Antonio West Ham again, he does have these durability issues. 26 appearances last year. In terms of his per ninety production, he had an XG of 0.48, XA of 0.2, combination of 0.68. Nice open fixtures. So Newcastle away, Leicester at home, Crystal Pass at home, 
Southampton away and his first four. So I'm pretty hot on Antonio because I know he's a kind of streaky player. We're looking at his price point. We're looking at Watkins is a bit of an issue. We're looking at Wilson being injured. And I don't know. I think Antonio's kind of stand out amongst the 7.5s at the minute. Watkins, again, last season we were looking at his starts. 75 appearances were obviously a big draw. But we're looking at this elemental change where his position in terms of formation, possibly his game time, will he be rotated? I don't think he will, but he might be shunted out to the wing. He had an XG in 0.45, XA in 0.22, and a combination of 0.67. It was a standout pick at 7.5 for me before the Ings move. And now we're looking at Ings coming in. There's a fair chance Ings is going to get penalties. I'm going to touch on Ings later on in the show, but I think people are maybe, I don't know, we might pour a bit of cold water in that too. I mean, it's excellent. I think you've, you've covered it really nicely there, mate. And I think I think we've covered most of the other players as well there. I don't think there's um, too much more to say. I think, for me, what I was just going to say, for the, for the visual side of things, and please do, guys, come. If you're listening to us, do come to the YouTube, you know, not least to subscribe and, and give us a like, of course, because you might see, and then you might see Pikachu appear in a minute, because I think he's going to. Um, but also, just look at the different colours, and you might see some patterns. You know, for example, uh, you look at Callum Wilson there, twelfth uh, for big chances created, fourteenth for shots in the box. Yet, yeah, look at his look at his numbers. You know, you know what, see, what do you think to that? See, see, looking at this table, the player I think that could be the standout is the player at the top of the table, and. Nobody has them in their team at the minute, and we're all kind of avoiding them because we're looking at Pats and Decker and Vardy happy, and Barnes, and, and, and the whole kind of narrative around Leicester at the minute. And we're looking at the fact that he was rotated in the past. But when we look at his numbers in the second half of the season, he was off again. And it wouldn't surprise me if Anayacho came out of the blocks flying, yeah. and no, nobody was on him. Like it's if you're if you're Rogers, how like how do you sit him right? How how do you keep Anayacho on, on the bench? Good point. Like we talked about this, Lance, last year when they played Chelsea. I know me and you were were talking about this personally. And Rogers benched them against Chelsea in a match that he needed. They won. And Mm -hmm. we were texting, and I says, like, how the fuck is he? How how is he put him (laughs) in the bench? Because he is basically their best player at the moment. And they they ended up, I think, drawing the match or losing the match. And you're thinking, like, you know, come on. Play the man. He came off the bench and he scored in that game. And you're thinking, Mm -hmm. play the man for fuck's sake, would you? Yeah. No, very, very, very interesting, and and he's he has been in my drafts actually, but at the moment he isn't, so making me rethink this again. Um, we're just going to have a quick look at um, the uh, the battle of the mid-priced glass hamstrings. So, so should we mention just since we were talking about Leicester and we're at, at that price point, should we mention a little bit about Pats and Daka? Uh, well, you still get your matchups to do because I forgot to put them on at the start. So, do you want? <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> I've been messaging you frantically in WhatsApp saying I'll do them at the end. Oh, I'm, 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 using, I'm, I'm Don't worry, your section is coming. <laughs> anyway. Your section is coming. Don't worry. Do you want to cover it now whilst we're on about it? Do it I think it fits now because uh, Pat, Pat Sandaka is uh, he's, he's quite interesting. I started looking into him. Um, and of course, he's coming from the Austrian um, first division. So take everything with. I don't know. Do you have uh, any metrics on that, Mariner? You know, it's like uh... <laughs> Austrian first division. Um, 
I'm not quite sure. No, um, I can always have a look at 538, see if they do have them. They do have all the leagues. Yeah, yeah. They do. Well, if, um, yeah, so I don't know how much worse, obviously, the Austrian league is. I know the, the championship is about two-thirds worse or like a, or between a half and two-thirds, something like that. Um, but in, in the Austrian division, um, Katzendaka, he's, he's, he's small. He's a diminutive player. He's, I mean, he's... He's my height. He's he's five ten and a half, um, which is what it's one hundred and eighty centimeters, um, and he and he weighs seventy one kilograms. So he's very slight. And so this past season, he had a one and a quarter goals per ninety. To add to that, he had 0.18 assists per ninety. Um, it's one point four three returns or goal. Uh, uh, goal involvement per 90 is and it's the second year that the year before he had 1.15 goals per 90 so he's been scoring scoring over a goal per 90 for two seasons straight and he, and he's and he's coming into the like this it's another player like uh, like we were mentioning like how do you ignore this if he has had if you can't ignore Yanacho and you can't ignore Patsandaka coming in if he transitions well we don't know how that that slender frame, it, he could he could use it well the way uh, potentially Sadio Mane does, or 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 not, right? We don't know that. Um, but how how do you keep those guys on on the bench? And if you don't keep those guys on the bench, how do you fit them in with Vardy, with uh, Harvey Barnes, with uh, Tielemans? There are a lot of moving parts in Leicester right now, but I think it's it's a really interesting team. Yeah. No, I see. It's a good point. I say I will. You've got my uh, you've got my uh, thought thought process. I'm my my brain's whirring now. I'm going to go and have a look at five thirty eight later, and I'll give you I'll I'll, uh, I'll send you the numbers. See what it see what it actually is. Um, let's quickly go on to this uh, the battle of the mid priced glass hamstrings. Um, we just thought we'd do one nice graphic as always because we we need to promote our Instagram, which doesn't get enough love. We've said that twice now. <laughs> Hibbo. Yeah, so just, just to touch on a few of the stats that are on here. So this was a bit of a comparison, obviously, between Danny Ings and Mikel Antonio. The previous comparison was between Callum Wilson and Mikel Antonio, but I think has hamstring, has hamstring broke by the time I made the graphic, which wasn't really <laughs> <good. laughs> It's not funny. It's not funny. No, we wish him well. So now we've had to change the price points, which isn't ideal either. But we're looking we're looking back here in last season's data, which again isn't ideal for, for these two. But like you're talking about Danny Inks, you're talking about next year of 0.39, XA 0.16, combination of 0.55. And on all those metrics, Antonio betters him really. Like, you know, in terms of expected points, Danny Inks comes in at 5.3, Antonio comes in at 5.6. And in terms of bonus, you're talking they tie 0.86 apiece. Now, what I will say is, I'm just going to touch on a few points that I made about Danny Ings. So, the season before last, he scored 198 points, 22 goals, two assists, 40 bonus points, which is just like, wow. Like, it's, you know, we look at, say, Harry Kane and Bruno Fernandes in the season gone past, and these boys were touching 40 bonus points, which is kind of unbelievable that Danny Ings that are playing for Southampton. So I think a key part of the draw is we're looking at these stats, and these stats are based on the fact that he was playing in a stuttering Southampton attack, and that's obviously going to change now because he's going to be playing in Villa. You would imagine they're going to be a wee bit more fluent in time. We don't know how they're going to go 
at the start because as I said previously, I'm I'm kind of getting a deja vu with Chelsea where I'm thinking there's so many moving parts. Are they going to gel? What's the system going to be? We're moving off kind of Watkins as a lock pick and we're looking at things and we're assuming he's going to be in penalties and stuff like that. What I will say is they've got good fixtures to start. Watford away, Newcastle at home, Brentford at home. And as well, the only kind of downside I would say is towards the tail end of last season, I think there's maybe a potential that we have some rose-tinted glasses on with Ings and we think about his 198-point season. Like, if we look from game week 20 last season until the end of the season, he scored just five goals and provided one assist. Now, I know that's potentially going to be very different when he when he comes under the Villa attack. But there's so many moving parts with Villa. But what I'm going to say is, see with the fixtures, Watford, Newcastle and Brentford, there's a fair chance I'm just going to gamble on Dan Hanks. His ownership's going to be sitting at the moment at about 4, 4%. If he's on pens, you know what? It could be my punt. He's 8 million, I could jump off him. That's kind of how I feel about Hanks at the moment. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, to me, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think if I get a sniff, he's going to start, then I, I think I'm, I'm probably going to be on it. So, okay, so that's the end of that first section. It's quite a long one because I think there's quite a lot of debate about that mid-priced that, that, that mid price strikers, I think, is where we needed to concentrate on. I think once we get to the fourth, once we get to the, the top end, we probably know it's not going to last very long, I don't think. But anyway, um, we want to just remind everybody at this point that we have hit 1,000 subscribers today uh, for Net That Hall. So thank you very much, everybody. Nima's about to smash his camera with the, with the champagne. Um, I've got my little sign look. I do you know how long I've been waiting for this Mariner watching Hibbo pour can after can after can and I ran out my cider like I've, oh god one hour okay let's do this guys we're going to celebrate the 1k and then as soon as I pop it we'll show the uh, tumbleweed clip for some self-deprecating humor for anyone who didn't see it there's 56 viewers now so a lot more than earlier and I think Tom if you're still here buddy let's do it again ready <laughs> to 1k all right. Definitely our most popular member of the net that whole crew and you can definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. <laughs> definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. <laughs> Hello darkness my old So just while we're here as well guys so please do continue I feel sorry for the podcast listeners. Uh, well, they better come to YouTube. They come to YouTube, aren't they? Watch it. They're not going to get the full experience of that at home. They're not going to get my shitty shirt, your shitty tash. Here's, um, here's on, one to every supporter of the pod. My, my shitty decor. Your shitty decor. We've, we've let you out though, because at least actually, maybe we haven't. Maybe you're still in your prison. But what we have done at least is giving you a clock to know what time of day it is. Actually, it's just an eighth of a clock. It's just a yeah. little slice. That's all I know. What time they shit at? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, while whilst we're at it, let's have a let's exercise that. Let's uh, just refresh our vocal cords for a second. So here we go. Are you ready? This is this is the thing. I'll be back soon. What are you waiting for? Are you craving more FPL content? Then look no further than allaboutfpl.com. 
Head over there for weekly articles from some of the top content creators on the planet. So what are you waiting for? Head over to allaboutfpl.com, the website for all your FPL needs. What are you waiting for? Everyone's getting on this. This is my new, this is my catchphrase, right? And, and Pikachu's gone to get dressed. This place is not doing it on air. There's a, there's a comment in the chat that's calling me right now. <laughs> Which one? Chris Irvine asks, just tuned in. Is everyone pissed? Yay. Well, I'm not. Well, I've just, I'm, I'm the only one who isn't, but I've got a hangover. What time because is I it, Marina? Uh, it's, what time is it here now? Oh, 7.14 in the morning. Okay, guys. I've got, um, it's, I've... Not, it's Pikachu time, baby. It is. is. It? 50 <laughs> likes, guys. Where Pikachu's back. Well, it's 7.14 in the morning and Pikachu time. Come on, put your camera on then. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do this, guys. All right, let's take this shit serious now. 1K subs, lads. Someone screenshot this shit. Someone screenshot this bugger. Someone's got it. I don't, know what <laughs> no, don't worry, not you, man. The, the haulers. What are the haulers for? Oh my god! This is peak podcast right here. I, I mean, look, we've we've only got one thousand subscribers. We're celebrating like we've got hundred thousand. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> say how many more we have yeah. now. <laughs> imagine what the parties. Imagine what the party's going to be like. Please, please know the channel has now monetized. We we will now earn about ten cents an episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to earn that. It costs more to upload the pod than it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. You're right. Yeah, it does. Anyway, we might want we might cover our costs one day. That's the main thing, isn't it? I, I just right. wanted to say. Um, sorry, one last thing. So, yeah, all about fpl.com. Definitely like a great free resource. Um, Gabe and I both write there as well. Um, I'm a kind of co-editor with a team of six co-editors. So, fantastic business started by Surya, who's going to be joining the show every kind of other week i think it is isn't it on uh the match captaincy right. show with you and gabe so that that's going to be quite exciting as well and looking forward to kind of that partnership between all about fpl and net that hall this year i think that's definitely going to become a lot stronger and gonna be a lot of kind of uh twitter spaces clubhouse events lots of different formats to interact with both brands but uh, and whilst we're on twitter spaces gabe uh do you want to plug you, you read my mind. You read my mind. So uh, speaking of Twitter spaces, the this evening for me, so what time? That'll be in about six hours. Is that right, Mariner? Five no, now. Five hours. Four, five four hours. and three quarters, we're back. We're, we're on again. And four hours and three quarters, we're on again because the, the doors to the FPL Crow's Nest open up uh, where we will be partaking in libations of all kinds. And just chatting as I watch uh, Nima shaking his tail on camera for us. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, I mean, hit that like, definitely subscribe for some more uh, booty action here from Nima. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, but yeah, that's um, so this is a show, obviously, it's in the middle of the night in the UK time. It is geared more for the, the weekend crowd in Asia and the uh, Friday night crowd in the Americas. It, it's like lounge bar setting, come hang out. Um, and have a chat yeah uh, and it's very much a wind down isn't it so yes. come along have a chat with us uh get to know us we want to get to know you haulers so do come along to twitter and uh and yeah um we'll have a bit of a, a bit of a chuckle for a, for an hour uh, up the glens and fuck the blues 
<laughs> I think that's hundred dollars we've just got. We should have said that's two hundred pound going to charity now, guys. We just don't it. Is it? Oh, fabulous! That's good. Right. Um, right. Hang on a minute. Crikey, oh, man, I've lost my bloody marbles again as usual. Forwards eight point five to twelve point five. So the rest of them. So look, value. Let's go back onto what we're trying to do. Value now becomes really difficult because you can't compare value across such a wide range of price points. Um, but I think what we'll do, in a sense, is we'll actually compare them to someone like Mo Salah. So Kane at 19.4, okay, at 12.5 million is still close to Mo Salah and Bruno Fernandes. 20.3 Fernandes, 18.5 Salah. So, uh, uh, Mariner, I, I, it's it, when I when I look at Nima, I can see Pikachu's face more than I can see Nima's. That's so, excellent. So, so I feel like, it's just, I feel uh, like I mean, you're much. ruining my slot. You're ruining. I know. You're, you're I ruining know. my. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you said it's Gabe ruining it, not me. I'm just trying to make them fail you. Your sons are letting you down. Anyway, we lost at least eight viewers okay. from on the hey, hey, It's all right because the first section was 45 minutes long. This is going to be about 10, so it's fine. Um, Vardy for me, I, I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's, you know, being managed with respect to him on the training pitch, but, you know, you still put him on the pitch and he's still going to do what Vardy does, in my opinion. 17.8 um, ppm, 5.9 points per hour, 90. But as you've mentioned, Gabe, um, Ineacho and. Uh, Pats and Dacca, as I put him in my note, as the young whippersnappers hmm. starting to uh, to chase him up now. And uh, I think this might be the turn. I, I don't know. It, it might be the turning point for Vardy this year. It it could I, be that point where he turns. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think he turned last year. He's, I think, yeah. I think honest, honestly, I, I think it's actually a testament to Vardy in, in his development because he's changed his style of play. We saw last year... Um, I don't know if you remember Mariner on a matchup show. We, we talked about how Vardy was, uh, his role was to pull defenders wide, and he and Atu was was filling in the in that space. So his role has already been evolving, and and he's been evolving quite well with it. He's just not, uh, statistically speaking, he's not as as an attacking threat as he was. Yeah. But he's still he's still pivotal to the team. He's still integral to this team. So yeah, really interesting. interesting. Um, I mean, Firmino is third on the list, 15.7, but he's late back from the Olympics and there's better options. Uh, he's priced terribly for me. I, I don't know about you, but every, I think year, this right? is another prime example of no bloody thought going into pricing. Um, Nima, do you want your rant? Oh, I don't know. Like, I was going to call out official FPL. I think it's the wrong slot. We'll go to the Q&A for that part. All right, then. No. You come back in later. But I was just going to say that I think this pricing's awful. Because for I me, no, actually... I think, no, I think you're wrong. I think Aubameyang at 10 million, he's probably never been this cheap in a fancy game <laughs> in 10 years of being a footballer. And everyone's laughing, but, like, he's got one season below 20 goals in 10 years. So, like, you know, he got a golden boot when Arsenal finished 8th. So I have no doubt that just one off season in 10 years doesn't make a player. And I'm going to laugh at everyone when he's there at 10 mil as probably the value player of the season. But, you know, but clip how, it, how, clip how, it. No, we will. <laughs> how can anyone, take, how can anyone take you seriously? How can anyone take you seriously dressed like that? 
I've been laughing about Aubameyang, but they're probably laughing at me too. No, Neymar, do you know what I'm going to say? There's more chance of Aubameyang growing his hair than fucking becoming player of the season. He might as well just... Aubameyang's going to become a pro fucking Fortnite player and he's going to end up uh, becoming a rapper before he gets another golden boot, but, you know... The last time anybody seen Aubameyang, he was driving a fucking gold Lamborghini shooting. Don't don't dust the swag swag or something like that. I offered to be his chauffeur on Twitter today, and a few people tagged him to make sure he saw it, but I, I don't think he's going to see it. No, probably not. I think that's... So, as usual, our conversation very quickly goes away from FPL and goes on to everything else, which is quite good. We're channeling our inner FML FPL tonight i think it is is anyone in for vardy any any vardy takers or is i don't know i've not seen any yeah i've not seen him in any teams not one i mean we uh, we have got this we have got a hundred pounds to heart charity uh as well as uh where's the other one i've just found it and oh here we go look chris Irvin, hundred pounds going to wisdom hospice in rochester courtesy of fpl nema there that is go. awesome. Two hundred pounds to two. There we go. That's fabulous. Um, anyway, there was Lacazette there as well, but we'll move past him, shall we? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll wait for matchups because you skipped yeah. the whole matchup section at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm calling you out. You asked for a call out. I'm calling you out. I don't make these mistakes when I take there we go. driving. There we go. You're so, yeah. Somebody call the plonker. I was too excited. With 1k subscribers, it was the excitement. Sorry, I didn't even drink a sip of red wine till one hour in. With uh, <coughs> I felt so nervous. <laughs> so, anyway, right, let's look at these forwards by uh, game week 33 to 38. Um, and basically, uh, what I'm going to say here is rotation affected everybody apart from Vardy and Kane, pretty much. Um, Firmino tops it at 5.7 points per 90 at 16.8. Uh, points per million. Um, as for the rest, it's the rotation that kills it. So it doesn't take much time to go through this section at all, um, from my perspective, uh, when it comes to value. And we are going to look at value in a, about two slides or three slides time, because what we did is we compared forwards against those uh, against those five point five defenders as well. So we're going to come on to that because that's something Gabe was really interested in when we did it for midfielders last week. Um, so, Gabe, I'm going to let you do that a little bit as well, but just advanced warning. Um, but, guys, forward power rating. Um, Hibbo, back to you. Let's have a look at the uh, the overall numbers. So, really, when I look at this kind of this snapshot of players, like I think it's important that we consider structure. Um the price points, I think, are all over the place, to be perfectly honest with you. So the likelihood is if you're going to own two premiums, which kind of looks at the minute like it's optimal, they're going to be your captaincy options, all bells and whistles. So like you're talking about Harry Kane, I don't think we really need to give Harry Kane an introduction. He's possibly on a bit of a strike at the minute in terms of Spurs trying to force a move to West or Man City, West Ham for fuck's sake, Man City. Can Man City buy him at the minute when they bought Grealish? We don't know. Are Man City maybe going to shake their arse at fucking Messi? Possible. But regardless of that, in terms of production, he was a beast last year. So in terms of his per 90, he had an XG of 0.58. He had an XA of 0.31. And he had a combination of 0.89. So it ranks second only to Anaiacho. Um, 
whose numbers were obviously skewed because in the short run he performed amazing, whereas Kane does it all season. If he does move to Man City, we're all going to buy him. I don't think it's going to be done by Norwich in game week two. I think Daniel Levy's going to try and maximise his money. If he moves, we can we can react to it, is what I think in terms of FPL. In terms of the rest, Jesus, Firmino is not an option for me. He's far too expensive. He takes up a Liverpool spot. Why would you own Firmino when you could own Robertson? And at the minute, we're kind of debating whether you would double up on Liverpool defence. If you're if you're making that debate, why would you why would you include a nine million forward who scored nine goals and eight assists last year? Not good enough. Vardy, I'm a fanboy. He's I think he's as old as Marner, maybe. Um, in terms of appearances last year, he made, <laughs> he, made, he, made, he made 34 appearances last year, but he's got these two young boys. He's got Nacho and Daka breathing down his neck. In terms of production, you're talking about an XG a 0.63, an XA a 0.23, combination 0.86, which ranks amongst forwards third behind Nacho and Kane. What I will say about Vardy, and I think this is an important point, in terms of the referee interactive, we're talking about they're going to make thicker lines for offsides. No player in the league was caught off offside more than VARD, is what I'm going to call him. <laughs> he, had, he was caught offside 36 times. So what he, he could benefit there, in terms of his start of fixtures, he's got Wolves at home, West Ham away, Norwich away. It's not a bad start, but I think his price is totally prohibitive. The, you're not going to have him if you're going to have two premiums, let's be honest. Werner, he couldn't have a donkey's arse from five pieces. <laughs> they, they want to sign Lukaku. Let's be honest, even when they didn't have like a core striker, they didn't even want to play Werner up front. They wanted to play Havertz up front, so that shows you what I think of Werner. In terms of Cavani, he's not going to be ready for the season. If I was going to pick three United players, would it would it would it waste a spot in Cavani? Not really. Obama Yang, I don't really want to say any more about him. If I'm being totally honest with you, at, I'll be fair. At ten million, I don't think you can be like. Why would you buy Oba at ten million when you can buy, say, Hong Man Son, heart emoji? I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking Son at ten million all day long over Obama Yang. Like, as a mid as well, right? As a mother, the sundrum, uh, the sundrum for a while. So I agree with you there. Actually, I do like Son at ten mil quite a lot. Ah, like you're looking at Son and he's doing two hundred points, and you're looking at the fact that Kane's gone. He's losing that creativity. Grant he's maybe going to gain in pens if Kane goes. He's going to play as out and out probably the, the, the main striker if Kane goes. I'm going to be backing that all day long over. Yeah. You know, do you think ah, Kane is going by the way because obviously, ah, like he's backtracked and he said that like he was always meant to come back tomorrow, but. Somehow he's being fined, yeah, for coming back when he was meant to come back. Yeah, that, that really well, I, so sounds sounds like his PR person gave him some advice saying, "Hey, you're hurting your brand by doing." Is that dude? You mean it's Disney World for an extra week? Like, yeah. looks like Messi's available. You should fucking panic. Yeah, get, I, get your ass back. Get your ass back here ASAP. Messi's going nowhere. Messi's going nowhere. Messi's going nowhere. And I thought yes, his statement, yes, I thought yes, his statement was pathetic, if I'm being completely honest with you. Like, he should have just kind of hung on there. But I, I, I don't agree with players going on strike. I don't agree with players saying they're not going to train. Get your ass back to training and start doing some fucking drills or something like that. Is my opinion. <laughs> that, you know? No, Did I'm you see how much grief Grealish got from uh, Villa fans for showing up to pre-season and for actually being there and wanting to leave. But Kane, who skipped training, was like, 
oh, like, he deserves to win trophies. I'm okay if he leaves my club. That's a bit fucked up, if you ask me. How did Kane get away with it so lightly? Anyway, guys, let me refocus this. <laughs> what I've done is I've put the... I've put the uh, this is your dad speaking. Um, I've, I've put all the premiums, uh, what I'd consider as premium prices, up on the screen now, um, Hibbo. And uh, you mentioned Son. Well, look at that. He sits there quite. Uh, he sits there quite happily, but Kane still drops underneath Salah and Bruno with respect to numbers. Um, so, what's what's your perspective if you just combine the whole lot there? Well, Salah doesn't really need introduction. Like we're talking, exactly. two hundred thirty-one points last season. He was third amongst all players. XG not point six four. XA not point three two. XGA not point nine six. Norwich, Burnley. Chelsea, Leeds, Palace, Brentford. He's going to be a captain for a six. He could captain him in six out of six if he really wanted to. Bruno, Salah's a lock. See if you're not picking Salah. You're not playing the game right, right? So in terms of Bruno, he was the highest scoring player last season. This news recently came on the community about the soft pens are going to be scratched off. It was like somebody made like a headstone for penalties and says here lies penalties they died in the third of fucking august or something like that there the reality is we're still going to see penalties i don't really know how you turn around and say all oh, that penalty softer you know we're still going to see penalties penandes is going to be scoring penalties in the 90th minute in terms of his production xg 0.51 xa 0.39 combination 0.90 leeds southampton wolves newcastle west ham volley start you're seeing a lot of people at the minute saying, I could do Mares and I could do Havertz. I'd rather have Bruno and some kind of budget midfielder, if I'm being completely honest with you, because I know what I'm getting with Bruno. I don't know what I'm getting with the other two. Kane, yeah. we've already touched on him. Hungman's son, Jesus, heart emoji. Within this range of players, he obviously represents the value because his price is only ten million. So you're looking at a two hundred point player that costs ten million pound. He's always going to be the value pick. Production, XG 0.39, XA 0.29, combination 0.68. What I will say about his XG is he always outperforms his data because he's such an accurate finisher. The general idea is he'll play the striker, he's going to get the pens, he'll lose the creativity. The block from 2d4 of Wolves, Watford, Palace is great, but I'm going to temper that by the fact that if Lukaku joins the league, if Kane goes to Man City, how are we going to make the sun move? Maybe we'll have to make it as a combination between shift and premiums. I don't know, but if, if you start with, say, Salah and Bruno, the likelihood is you're going to have to ditch Bruno if you're going to get the Kane, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. One thing I want to ask, though, is what do you think about if Kane doesn't leave in the signing of Romero today? It feels like Gabe is someone who is more likely out of all of us to know who Romero is, let alone what he does. All I know is that Messi wanted him at Barcelona, so I don't know if Messi's he's a scout a, these days too. But like, how good is Romero, and is it like his son could end up hugging the touchline as he's done with many times in the past, where he's just kind of like playing the Sane role on the left wing, like not even close to the box and not even a threat. Like that's just my thought. If Kane stays and Romero's arrived for like 40, 50 million, what what happens to Son then? It's just something I would consider. And with City first, you don't need to start with Son. Is my thinking. Um, you could probably look to bring him in, right, for those good fixtures in game week three and four. And I think Hibbo has been laughing his ass off on Twitter at people saying they're going to start with Sun and then sell him for the good fixtures in three and four. So I think it's the other way around. Like, you move the Sun maybe 
for those Ramir- I, I think, and then sell him. <laughs> I think Ramir- I think Romero's a centre back, is he? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I thought Christian Romero, right? Is he centre yeah, back? I don't know. I'm asking I, I, what position he plays. Uh, that's why I said I, I, I asked Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a centre back from Atalanta, right? That's handy then. That's that's good. That's that's <laughs> lost. That's lost as twenty viewers just like that. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, Messi played with Romero. Right. I mean, what, 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 what do people expect from a guy in a Pikachu outfit? Well, exactly. Like, I'm not here. Like, these guys are here with the notes. I'm here for the entertainment. The, the, yeah. the whole point of Pikachu is to lower the bar. If anything, I shouldn't even be speaking in English anymore. I should just say Pika Pika. Anyway, right. So, anyway, so we've ruined that section. So, that's fine. So, um, <laughs> I think I've, no, I've, I've, if I would like to touch on a point here, I think it becomes I, I think it becomes awkward if Kane doesn't leave because we're we're nearly in a position where you would look at that block of fixtures and think, is he going to start and is he going to is he going to maybe score points? But then at the same time, he's not training at the minute. He's not bothering his arse. He's not going to be there in game week two. I don't think. I don't think he's going to be ready for Man City. If he say if he was the same for Man City in the next week. I don't think he's going to be ready to start the season earlier. So I think we can play the long ball game with Kane and go, you know what? I'm going to plan for the first six weeks and see if Kane goes to Man City. That's grand. I'll pick him up when the Man City fixtures turn or when I ship my pants. One or two. When you downgrade Bruno. Yeah, I was going to say, that was, that was the question I was going to ask, actually. Um, I, would down, I, I, would down, I would downgrade Bruno. I would downgrade yeah, Bruno. Kane, because, I would, I would yeah. for Kane. And because you're looking, Bruno, you're looking at your premiums and you're going, who's the value that I'm going to ask mm. the captain? And if I'm not going to captain Bruno, he maybe has to go for somebody that I want. <coughs> yeah, and I think Bruno offers an easier way, an easier route to get to Kane with that price tag that he's at. Whereas if you've if you filled up with those mid-price Havertz and Mareses of this world, it's not so easy to with your team structure to get to Harry Kane so quickly, is it? It's a wild card. Yeah, it is, and it's nearly it's nearly the same if you go on with double Liverpool defence because I've been toying with double Liverpool defence, and your price points are kind of all over the point, all over the place. If you need to make that move, and I don't know, like it was something when we looked at Tom Stevenson's drafts where when you moved across the teams and you seen he, he kind of dropped Robbo out as he was doing certain things, and that second Liverpool premium is always going to be expendable, a, a premium defender as such, you know. Yeah, no, it's a great, I mean, it's a very, very uh, important point about team structure. I think we can't underestimate team structure at this time of the year. And let's face it, and I've, I've read a lot of, I've, I've listened to some fabulous pods and, you know, and, and read some really great articles. We're all guessing at the moment to a certain extent. So just make sure you've got a good team structure, which allows you to jump about. And if not, never, never fear. Don't lose sleep over it. You can always wildcat. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's my hippo there, by the way. No, 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 Do you know what I will say about Nima? Nima is like the most patient FPL player I fucking know. It's like I let you want to try to switch. No, but like he sends me, he sends me like the kind of chapter and verse. I'm thinking about buying Wallach this week, and if I buy Wallach this week, I can't buy such and such next week, and I kind of think. Hey, Nima thinks about transfers on a totally different level like than me. Eight, because... weeks away, eight weeks ahead of shit. i got them oh, written down I, in a book. I just watch my today and buy somebody. 
But you forget but, there was a time when a uh, Mariner took a minus eight with me, both of us live on air on the Compass Show. <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> it was Monday night that's, UK time. That's why that's how we split you up and we put we put Hibble with you yeah. to regulate you. <laughs> put us in the naughty corner. Um, uh, right, okay, I've moved on. I don't know if you've noticed, you're too busy chit chatting. Um <laughs> what? Cheap, cheapish forwards, 4.5 to 8 compared to premium defenders, Gabe. Last week we did value by uh, midfielders against premium, or should we say premium defenders, but now this week we've turned it to forwards. So um, do you want to quickly come in on this? I think it's even more polarised. It, it, it really is. So we're looking at, say, um, and we're, again, we're looking at PPMR, which is points per minute uh, with rotation. Uh, con- yeah, factored points in. per million. Points per, points per million, sorry, points per million with with rotation, and and top of the list here is on, on the defensive side is Cresswell with twenty seven point eight for our podcast listeners here. Then we have a uh, target Wan Bissaka, Dunk, Mings, uh, Shofal in in that order, all all going down to about twenty five point six um, points per million with rotation. Now the top two for for the forwards are uh, are Bamford and Watkins, and Bamford is twenty four point three, and Watkins is twenty two point Point zero points per million uh, with rotation. Now, if we if we compare those at, at that price point to the uh, to defenders here, Bamford is a little more. So the comparison is a little bit different, right? But if we go straight across and find the twenty four point three, we're looking at just uh, as far as from a value perspective. Reminder: this is just a value perspective. He's Bamford is slightly less value than White, which is really which I find uh, really telling, and um, and Watkins. Who is now on on the wing at twenty two um, points per million with um, with rotation? He would be right under Eiling or Ailing. So that's that's like for comparison. That's the uh, the, the value that you're getting per per the million you spend. Um, and it's you know you again you have to wonder like how how best to invest your money. And and it seems like these players could be good value. Um, but compared to some other positions, you know, or, or maybe that the question is how best to uh, to adjust your expectations in terms of value from well, position to position. And it, this this has made me think about going away from that um, three playing forwards model actually, and just sticking in a four point five forward and moving my money back. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at it purely on value, then Sue Fowl at 25.6, you know, he blows a lot of players right out. He blows a lot of these forwards right out of the water. It's, it's with respect to with respect to value. Just blows yeah. them out of the water. And he's what fifth or sixth there. Yeah, it's it's no contest, right? And, and no. you know, you you'll think Cresswell will still be on on some set pieces at least, right? He'll have the corners from the left. He'll have maybe some set pieces from the left, maybe uh Bowen or, or or someone who who was it? I think that was taking it from the right side. I think it was Bowen. Yeah. Um, you know that the money might be better there, but then again, and we had talked about this before that when we talk about the FDR, the FDR is favoring the attack, but the value is favoring the defense. So this is where each of us as managers has to be discerning and just figure out which what we're going to pay more attention to, right? Right, I'll give you a, I'll give you an extreme example, like the most extreme example I can give you. Right, so 
say in terms of value, we look at, say, Cody got 100 points and they cost four and a half million, right? Say in theory, you bought 15 Cody's, right? It would cost you 67.5 million and you would underspend your budget by well, 32.5 million. How well do you think you would do in FPL? They all look on, on paper as if they're good value picks, but A, you don't have a captain. And B, you haven't yeah. spent 30 odd million in your budget. So, like, values, value as an idea is kind of skewed a wee bit because, grand, it can make a difference between going, I'm going to play three at the back, or I'm going to play four at the back, or I'm going to change my formation slightly. But I think we shouldn't overemphasize value too much because two premiums, you're still going to need to chop and change between captain. Do you know, like, you can't put too much emphasis on going, these defenders are always value because they're cheap. You know, and that's that's the bottom line. If you have a hundred point defender who's four and a half million, he's going to be good value. It's hard for like an eight million pound forward. They might add value, like as the point I'm trying to make. And then he might be on the bench for most of the season anyway. <laughs> well, it's 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 about my look. I think I think by by value, what we're talking about is maybe you know other other people have referred it to it as as your glue guys, your 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 glue picks. Um, the, the picks that, that you know will always give you give you value, and then you take risk on on upside with some of the other picks. Yeah, it's, it's about what kind of combination that that's, you know that, that you're going to choose. I think I, I look. I, I mean, you know me. I like value, but you're absolutely right, Hibbo. At the end of the day, you know you've got to have a. You've still got to have your captain picks. You've still got to have your team structure. But if I'm comparing a four point five, you know, I mean, I just you know, am I just prepared just to throw away a 4.5 forward, leave him rotting on the bench, and then put a make you know change somebody from a four to a five defender to give me a better? I'm I'm entirely you know, or, or more into a little bit more into defence. Yeah, possibly. I I, I I do think from our point of view, it definitely has made like, and you're looking at say yeah. boys like say Dunk and stuff like that. And if you want to make up a fan by your third bench player as such. Yeah, just- or Davis, I don't think it's a bad option at all. I do, I do think there is there is value, and that's what I'm trying to get at. You can change your kind of structure of how you're going to your your, your formation is going to play out over the season. But defenders are always better value than muds, and they're always better largely than forwards. And when we look at premium players, they always look on paper like shock and value. But what you kind of have to factor in is you're maybe going to keep them half the time, so they're probably worth more than what they look like on paper. Okay, right. I'm a bit mindful of time, Gabe. We need to bring you on for these four team uh, matchups just to cover the bits that we haven't already covered. Because I think, to be honest, we've already done it. We've put it in all the in all the chats. Obviously, you've checked none of them. So, um, but we'll, we'll... basically, I'm going to call out official FPL while you read that. Um, yeah. Thank you for the reminder, Bongo. Um, so, as I said, every Tuesday there's going to be a five minute Nemas call out rant of the week. Um, this is my third time my, my cup then can you oh yeah, yeah this is my third my third time going after official fpl i've asked you to dm me don't block me dm me anyway the point was that you know this is the first year where we can look at it and the number of active players is pretty damn low right now compared to normal and i don't think they're gonna have as many players um on game week one as they have before and it will be the first year that there's a decline um I've been calling you guys out for years. I've said, engage with your community. Make an effort. Don't just get free marketing to 8 million people to watch games they don't care about because they've got assets from your game. 
make an effort to understand what we want, you know. Talk to us, do something. Don't just spend five years reskinning and changing a deadline and nothing else. So, guys, seriously, like, message me, talk to me, talk to your community, figure out what you could do to work with the game with us. And don't just use it as a free marketing ploy. But um, anyway, that's rant of the week done today. One thing I will say is I'm going to call out Bungle as well because he asked me on Twitter to do a... I've never seen this wording before. He said, do a diggy rant to FPL. And then someone called FPL Diggy came in, an Irish fella, and he thought we were going to rant about him on air. So he said, oh, I can't wait to watch this. Um, I thought he wanted to watch Net That Hall. So I was like, yeah, yeah, you can get, help us get to 1K subs, Diggy. Um, and then he was like, yeah, like, can you tell me what minute you've said about me? And I was like, what do you want about me? Like, we, I don't even know who you are. Turns out the bungle really put me in it and got me into a little mini Twitter beef of my own. But we, we, we're friends now. He's a subscriber of the show. Another hauler to welcome to the family. So thank you, Diggy. <laughs> ranting. So now I've read the comments now. We're going to do the matchups on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Because yeah. once again, it's just once again just a complete farce on this show. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. No, it's all it's all good. It's all it's, good. It's, it's all it's it, you know, um, never try. No, I, I have to say the comp. I mean, we're happy to take a few questions. I think now, but uh, very quick for a few minutes before we get out of here. But the, some of the detailed comment to, to conversation around the, this this uh, this section today has been really good, intermingled with some complete lunacy. <laughs> Which is right up my street, as you know. And, and, and Dow cracking the whip. Uh, yeah, and me trying to trying to sort you boys out. <laughs> Get a grip. We've got a bloody cat on the table now in the in the way. Um, shall we go for some questions then? What what have we got? Cool. Who Why is the, wait, well, no, we're not going to talk about clean sheets because that's um it's a forward episode. Nehal's asked about four questions, then I feel like we owe him to at least answer one. Yes, okay. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to find them all because they're littered between people talking about my outfit, which doesn't help. Um, guys, we've got like a few minutes of live Q&A. Get your questions in. Um, some of the questions from earlier in the show are missing now. We can't scroll back that far. But um, yeah, put in some new questions, guys. Because I'm looking for questions and I'm looking in our private chat, so I can't even find any. Well, no, so we've been asked about Smith Road twice today. Um, Fra I think Fra Fraser's asked about... Um... Down. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about both of those. Just I want to say on Smith Rowe, um, if there's a week to get him, it is game week one against Brentford, and I think at five point five, he's going to start the season. Even if Madison joins, like I don't think it's going to be in time to start game week one. So, if you want Smith Rowe, get him for Brentford and potentially bench him for the next few or start him for the next few. But I've said what I think of Smith Rowe in the previous episodes. So if you've missed our previous shows, definitely check them out. There's some. Awesome stuff about midfielders and defenders going through the same power rankings, value, and FDR. So do go back and watch those before game week one, please. Right, so just a quick question here from Chris Yevon. I think this is FBL Negan off Twitter. He's saying Jot over Firmino for game week one. Where do you stand, boys? Uh, well, everybody over if, it, if it was that choice, if, if, if that was the only choice I had, yes. Jota definitely over Firmino for game week one if it was me. But I don't think is. he means for you. I think he means will Jota start and is Firmino. Oh, will Jota play? start over Firmino? If he's asking to buy Firmino, then no. fair play for the donation, but I, I question yeah. your FPL. <laughs> no, um, well, he should. He's, he's already in pre-season. Firmino's not back yet, is he? Is he, is he, he back? He wasn't on the bench in the game the other day, so he is back. He is back now. But he is, he is he's back, back late. 
I think, yeah, I think Yacht, I think Yacht is a, a reasonable option. I, I like I'm the not... idea of starting with Yota against Norwich and potentially, if you then wanted, you can move him to a Gundogan or a Mares in game week two against Norwich as well. Gundogan's yeah. a great I'm... shout because you're looking at this news week that Brown at the minute and Grealish, uh, how, how likely is he? How ready is he? And the De Bruyne news kind of sounds as if he's maybe a bit injured, like, you know, so Gundogan could be a shout, you know. Yeah. Remember I'm how he a, did I... when KDB was out last time? Yeah. 100%. I'm in the Greenwood camp. I've got Greenwood in my drafts. I wouldn't sell Greenwood game week two. I think that's the main thing. So if I got Jota, yeah. I'd maybe get him just for the one week. Yeah. Whereas Greenwood, spot. you're probably going you're gonna to keep him for a few weeks. And that's why I'm more I'm keener on Greenwood than I am on Jota. Right, so we're just going to move on to another point here from Nasser. So he's asking for thoughts on the Everton attack under Benitez. Well, I made a point earlier on that I'm a bit worried that Everton might go back to how they were the uh, season before last. Obviously, I think they could have lost a lot of their flexibility, a lot of their uh, attacking flair with what's gone on. But as for Benitez, you know, is he going to start at the back and work forwards and keep, and should we say, concentrate on, you know, maybe winning games 1 0? So I like, I like Dean, but I'm not sure I like Calvert Lewin. What about you guys? I completely agree with you at the moment. I think it looks like Dean, I think Dean scored a crack and free kick there in pre-season, which was nice to see. Like if you if you're wondering if a player's going to up his kind of set piece potential, he scores a free kick, you're thinking I think it was the first goal he scored in about three years. So no, I, I do like Dean. I'm kinda of cool enough on Calvert Lewin to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with you guys, and and I think there, and again, there are so many teams that are there. There are a lot of moving parts right now. I, I still don't think they're they're finished buying, and and I don't know if they have a uh, if they know what they're doing on the right hand side yet. Um, I, 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 but I do think that Townsend being there is going to, to have an impact. Um, you know, Townsend can certainly cross the ball, but that's yep. kind of all he can do. Yep. No, fair enough. Just a quick point here from Fraser. So he's asking Norwich COVID issues. Would you fancy a Salah, Salah Mane double? What do you think? I tell you what, that is. I finished on that double up at the end of last season, and it actually got me into uh, uh, winning a minute, winning winning one mini league and sneaking into the frame on another because I captained Mane last get on the uh, game week thirty eight. Um, I'm not that. I, I, I'm a bit worried that I would lose Bruno, but I'm not dead against it. I, I'm not dead against it because I may well Mane would then become might become Kane, right? But he well, as in he could become Bruno. He could become. He could become Bruno, LAC, become midfielder, Mares. Yeah. He could become Kane. Like it's a cash cow just for that one week, right? Yeah. I I know you shouldn't bank in transfers. He's a, a pre-booked transfer, hasn't he? Like for me, someone who literally is so patient. That's odd, yeah. but I agree with what we had in the interview with Tom Stevenson where I do like to take hits early on. So last season I took my two or three of my eight hits were in the first two game weeks. So I would kind of just get him and if another player gets injured, I'll just take a minus four. I don't care. Like I can make up a minus four from game week two. If they go off, it could be it could be a very, very five nil Salomon yeah, is could be other. Not that they, they ever off. do, like there's articles suggesting they actively avoid passing to each other, but that's a different debate <laughs> for a different day. Like, 
I think the, the the second premium conversation is is one that we that we still have to table at this point in the in the preseason because we have still so many uncertainties with um, whether Kane is going to move, whether Lukaku is going to come, um, whether if Kane moves, will Jimenez move? That there are still some dominoes yet to fall. So so that that second invest investment is is quite tough. The one thing I have been thinking about recently is. Um, kind of pairing a, a second premium with a the, like a, the price bracket just under it, and if we're looking at um, say just for as an example, match United and City because um, that's that's who I was playing with Bruno and somebody like Mares versus say Kevin De Bruyne and Sancho, and and lo- looking at these pairings and, and looking for the most nailed pairing that we can get. I think that's something worth uh, worth looking at in the coming days. I think at the moment the Brunas injured, so I'd say Mares or that, that kind of option. So, I mean, instead of De Bruyne, it could be Mane, right? So, so just just the the, ah, the idea of a se- of a second premium with then with you know whatever that combination is going to be. Uh, no, no, that's fair. Just gonna just gonna pop another question up here. So this is Ray. So with Watkins potentially as a winger, who would be your third striker be? Was say if you were going to go Antonio and Tony, who would you go your third striker discounting Watkins? I'm on DCL, mm. so I've got Antonio, Tony, and DCL right now. Um, I downgraded Watkins to Tony. I've still got DCL. I'm considering DCL to Ings if I know Ings starts game week one, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, mm. There is the rare option of. DCL all the way down to Obafemi and getting that extra midfielder, but I'm not convinced on that. I like the value in the forward line. Yeah, Ings or Nacho for me. I think Ings. I'll I'll say Ings as well. I'll say I'll say Obafemi or Davis. Yeah, you go the other way. <laughs> you go the way I'm avoiding. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I would I would put the money in defence or or midfield. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I've got but... Trent Shaw and Dean. That that like. I don't need more money in defense. I've still got the front three with those yeah. three defenders, right? Yeah, in that case, it would be it would be midfield. I prefer. Yeah, I think midfield, midfield for me. Yeah, to get Morris, basically, that's where I'm at. Exactly. That that, that that's <laughs> where you get. That's where your third player becomes goes from like a seven five or something like that up to a nine. Right. A nine and that's nine, a bit five. exciting, like a semi premium. So the same price Sun was last year when he started, kind of. Uh, that that would excite me more than having a. A player like Iannaccio, where we don't know what's what's going to happen or who who's going to start or or, or like DCL, that. where maybe like some of the creative players are missing. Um, yeah. Well, we'll okay. pop up another question here from Jonathan Maloney. So he's asking: Game week four could be a good time to get Everton attackers on after they've had a few games and DCL and Richardson are back, possibly for an Everton attacker. So would that be something you'd be pre-booking? Is that something in your minds at the moment, guys? I would just start with um, like DCL now or have Dean. I think I'm more warming towards just having Dean as my only Everton player. Um, if I don't start with DCL, I doubt I'll kind of go near him in game week four. Um, game week four, I'm looking at Bamford and Jimenez. That's like two strikers that as long as they look like they're okay, that's two of my three strikers sorted. Like I'm not moving away from them. And if Antonio's hammy ain't popped by then, I'll keep him too. Totally agree. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I'm looking Bamford from game week five. I'm looking Jimenez from game week four. So 
I don't really know if I would move on the Everton at that point. I would, I, I would really be. I'd start with, with, start with Everton or don't start with Everton. Uh, you know, I, I, and the way I'm kind of leaning at the minute is I probably would kind of fade Everton attack completely and just go for Lukatin. That's maybe yeah. how I'm. I've, I've just checked the matchups. I'm just looking at my spreadsheet now, and the matchups aren't great even at game week four for them. Okay. And um, one thing, guys, so something I've noticed recently is I've got Rafinha in my draft still, and the problem with him is he's playing both Shaw and Dean in the first yeah. two weeks. Like, And I'm thinking, like, I want a high ceiling here. Like, Who's just Rafinha? Uh, yeah, and yeah. I know, like, I think he's underpriced, and I want him right. for the whole season, and maybe he's not firing, but we could come back to him. Here's my thoughts on Rafinha. My thoughts on Rafinha is the whole game's mad for Rafinha because he's good value. I don't think he's good value for the first four weeks. And I don't think anybody's saying it. I don't think anybody's saying, oh, I could park fucking Rafinha and buy him in game week five. Everybody's saying, oh, he's such good value, I need to buy him now. I actually think he could go with Buendia or somebody like that and buy or Sar and buy yeah. I'm on but, Over Watkins as well. Like, I don't want yeah. Watkins anymore. I'd rather Buendia for a million less. I don't want Ings, maybe. So maybe it is Buendia for three weeks, and then you jump off to Rafinha to the straight swap. I think if you're looking at the issues in Villa, like, who's going to provide the bolts? Like, if, we, if we're kind of doubting where Watkins is going to play, or Ings, or Bailey, or whatever, I think Buendia, when we look at his eggs, A, and what he can produce... He's always going to be the boy providing the key passes. So I would be, he's, he's, a be the boy he's a constant. He's, he's, he's a constant. He's going to ping the balls in either way. No matter who's on the end of him, he's going to be pinging the balls, I think. So I think he's not a bad option, maybe in terms of set pieces too. So I, th- I think you're onto something in terms of the, the a lot of the Buendia conversation is around, oh, well, he can produce anything in any matchup or in any situation. And it sounds like kind of avoiding what's in front of you, but that, that it's, it's not an obviously easy matchup or anything like that. Um, and he will be, and then combining that with, he will be good value at the end of the season. So he must be good value from the beginning of the season. That's not necessarily true to, to your point there, Hibble. No. Um, and, and, what, and what I love about, about Wendy is exactly what you said, that he will be the, the creative hub. Of the, it, sure, it's, it's kind of four new pieces in, the, in that front four, but he will be at the heart of all of that, of all of the chance creations for three players who are really selfish players that, that like to shoot. All three of them like to shoot, and there's one player amongst those three that likes to pass, and and that'll be Buendia. So, uh, he should be a focal point in terms of chance creation for that team. Cool. All right, guys. One hour fifty-seven. I think we'll call it a day. Uh, at that point, um, I think it's been an excellent show. I think we've had an absolute scream as well. I think that I think that from the perspective of fun. Uh, I think we've certainly made fantasy fun again today, to coin a phrase from always cheating. Um, I, I, I love that term. Um, and yeah, I'm and all friends for it. The pod as well. I, love, I love Josh. Um, we actually met at their always cheating meetup. It was my first foray into the FPL community. And it was March 2020, just before COVID hit. And I don't know how they got back to New York in the midst of all that, but great friends. And we we'll definitely hope to see them soon. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I think all we can really say, just to summarize, is um, please, please, please do hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, um, hit the bell as well so you get notifications when Neem addresses up like Pikachu again. 
Ali G at fifteen hundred. Ali G coming in. Ali G coming in the room next or whatever it is. Borat Mankini at ten k. Borat Mankini two k. Right, that's it. Ten k. Ten. Two K is another donation to charity. Ten oh, K uh, is a ball. If you have an Apple device, leave a review. <laughs> yeah, Apple, please. You're so yes. Let's go through the stuff. Flying Dutchie will answer your question on Tuesday's Compass Show about Grealish as a city asset. Yes, we'll do that. Um, so yes, please give us a like. Please subscribe. Please hit the bell. You'll find uh, us on Twitter at Net That Hall. Very important. Please give us a follow. It's, it's uh, it needs some love. That one. Um, you'll find me at FPL Mariner. You'll find Nima at FPL Nima. Gabe at FPL Lens. Who is going to do his matchups on the matchup show on the uh, on the Compass Show on Tuesday, and then some more matchups on Friday with me, uh, Hibbo uh, at Hibbo. Is it Hibbo underscore FPL? I can't quite remember. Yeah. Yes, I think yeah, it is. That's, that's the one. That's the one. I keep seeing all these things flashing up on the screen. It's confusing me. Um, we've had a great time. <laughs> What the hell is going on? We've had a great time today. I hope you have too. We're back with our Game Week 1 content starting on Tuesday, 9.30, I think, unless it's 10 o'clock. Um, Maybe 10 o'clock. UK time. And I think all we, we've got to say, apart from that, is hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, hang on. Crow's nest. Crow's nest. I'm the crow's nest. See you in four, three hours, four hours. See you four guys. Hours, third, third run through of the blooper. Um, yes. Enjoy the awkward moment and we'll clip some more from the show. Thanks to Baker hello. and TikTok. So here's, here's, here's Nima going to play us out with Hello Darkness, my old friend. Definitely our most popular member of the Net That Hall crew and you can definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. <laughs> Definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. Hello, darkness, my old so, just while we're here as well, guys, so please do continue.